0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Friday, June 25th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. Coming back from a day off, Coach, did you get a chance to watch Phoenix and the Clippers as the Clippers make it a series?
1: I did. I absolutely did. I enjoyed the day yesterday, got a lot done, and then got to meet up with one of our Coach Talk team here that just relocated to Dallas, and that's uh, Brett Trimble. He uh, got a big job down here uh, at PPG Aviation, so real proud of him. And we actually uh, connected uh, last night and watched the the basketball game and had a a few uh, uh, cold ones. So it was it was a blast. Yeah, it was terrific and
0: a f- fun game. Fun to see a series out west now. Yeah. And uh, now we get to talk about Atlanta Milwaukee game two. Yes. Uh, we haven't talked much since since that game since you had the day off yesterday, but. Trey Young, 48-7 and 11. My God, yeah. And uh, that's going to be a key uh, consideration tonight of, do we go back to Trey? Uh, Do we involve him in our lineups or not?
1: Yeah, you know, it is uh, to Trey or not to Trey. That is the question uh, going into this one. Because, you know, we have both been hesitant and faded him some in both of these series, the last two series, because... He's going he went against Ben Simmons and now he's going against Drew Holiday. We're talking about multiple all NBA defensive perimeter players. In fact, Ben Simmons was first team this year. Drew Holiday's been on multiple uh, first and second teams. And it just doesn't seem to matter, Andrew. I mean, it's I I at about when he got to about 40, 42 points, I you know, in discord I put the white flag up like Right. I don't know if anybody can guard him right now. I, I mean, it's it's hard to believe that knowing that he's their primary score by a mile, especially with Bogdanovich hurt, and the fact that he was able to get 34 clean looks up, shoot 50% from the field, get to the line 12 times, and put 48 real points on them to beat them. I mean, I'm... I'm stunned. I still am. I, I find that hard to believe that 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 was a Milwaukee team that's always in the top ten defensively, and they have Drew Holiday and they could not slow him down.
0: Yeah, I mean, nice groundwork there. Uh, I do agree that's the key decision to make today, and I'll I'll pick up there from where he left off and 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 uh, discuss this Trey Young issue as we get started on the Atlanta side, and yeah. you know he was absolutely tremendous and he showed that he can't be stopped by one guy because drew holiday is terrific. But here's the thing I noticed is every time they set a pick for Trey young at the top of the key, I thought Atlanta did an excellent job where Trey was connecting with the pick setter and they were really getting drew holiday right in their chest. You know, Trey was running off the screen perfectly uh, the big was setting it so well that he got separation from Drew Holiday, not because Holiday wasn't trying, but they yeah. just they've perfected that pick and roll for Trey at the top of the key over the course of the season, and then Trey was able to get in the lane, get downhill, and either shoot that floater, lob it to the other big, or kick out for an open open shot. So they really ran it to perfection in game one. I think Milwaukee will make adjustments. They'll the big will get out there and crowd in more, and they'll. They'll double him. They'll get the ball out of his hands. They're just not going to let him get into the paint like that.
1: Uh, you know, I, I, you, you hit the nail on the head. But here's the thing. This is the question that I have, Andrew. Wh- Philly knew that. Milwaukee knew that. And we're talking a string of games here where we all know that. I mean, a novice basketball pl- uh, coach or person watching would say, okay, they need to get the ball out of the hands of that guy. He's beating them single-handedly. And that's the part that has me just stymied because I think you made a great point. And it's funny you say that because one of my points of contention as a coach and something I would uh, really practice my guys at all the time and people just take it for granted is setting a good screen and even more importantly, using that screen because at all levels, you see it in every NBA game, how many NBA games do you see where there's three or four at least illegal screens set by one of the big guys generally? Yep. Because people don't get set, they turn, they just, they're just they not great at setting screens. And the reason that they get caught leaning is because generally the people using the screen aren't tight enough. I right. mean, I would force my guys to literally bump shoulders on those screens and I, I know it sounds rudimentary, but it it's the same mistake they make from grade school basketball up to the NBA. And what Atlanta does great is they really, you can tell that they're very drilled in using, setting and using that screen properly. So then a decision has to be made by the defender. Do you go under it? Do you go over it? Do you switch? And then that creates, you know, uh, the, the domino effect from there. But you're correct at that. That's what they've done so well against both teams, but the adjustment that I don't see that I'm wondering if they're going to do today is when they use that screen, do you double with the two guys that are screening and force them to give it up? And it, you know, if that guy rolls, you just have to have somebody helping inside, you know, you've got, Lopez and Giannis, for God's sakes, you know, use those guys in the paint to stop the roller and make him give it up. I would insist to get beat if I lose by Kevin Herder, John Collins, an injured Bogdanovich, Gallinari, whatever. I will take my chances there as opposed to allowing Young to get 35 shots and score 48 points. Exactly. So that that is like you said, the million-dollar question is: Do we? finally succumb to this and say they're going to give Young his and just try to beat him elsewhere? Or, as we're talking, are they going to do something? Jump that screen, show it, bring somebody over from help side, come over top of it and then double it so somebody has to pick up the roll. There's lots of ways you can do that to not allow Trey Young to either get the step back three or what is completely inexcusable to me is that damn floater, that five, six-foot floater, which he's just deadly at. I mean, you just can't... The, the guy's six-foot-165, for God's sakes. It's not like he should be powering down the middle of the paint. So that's the question. And uh, which side are you leaning on? Are you are you uh, going to say, okay, you know, Trey's a plug-and-play like we did with Kawhi and different guys and Luca, Or... You know, is this the time that Milwaukee's able to adjust? Because that the entire showdown slate depends on that one fact.
0: Yeah, so I think I think Milwaukee is going to adjust enough where he's not going to smash again. there's no way they're going to let him take 35 shots and get all those floaters and get to the line for 12 free throws. I think they'll. What I would do is either double him and and chase him. However, you have to get the two guys on him to get the ball out of his hands. Because I'd rather play four against three with one of their bigs trying to navigate around the top of the key than let him get get in the paint. And I know he's going to split the screen. Sometimes he's going to get into the paint. It's not like they're going to keep him out of the paint for the whole game. You just have to limit it. Um, Or go under the screen and force him to take long threes because he can he can be a little bit cold. On on threes, we saw Philly hold him under even forty fantasy points. I mean, he's yeah. not going to go for seventy fantasy 70, fa- seventy fantasy points every night. And one way to to improve your chances of that is if he's taking all threes. If he misses a handful, then th- that's what one way to do it. So I think they'll um, they'll guide him more towards uh, passing it or taking long threes. Um, and so I think. The, the thing you can look at, especially on FanDuel, where you're only picking five players, is yeah. to fade him. Um, you know, going to have to keep playing around with it. I'm not saying he you should completely fade him on all lineups, on all sites, but I right. think it's easier to potentially fade him on FanDuel, where you only have five players. On six players, on DraftKings, if you go with a little bit of a cheaper uh, captain, then you can still get him in there. Right, um, But... I think this is a chance where you look a little bit more at the secondary guys. You look at Herter, who yeah. really wasn't great. He he got up 12 shots. He's obviously way healthier than Bogdanovich, who only took a, took six shots in 27 minutes. So I think right. Herter could get a little bit of a bump. I like Gallinari when he's he's coming off the bench. He had the 25 minutes. I was surprised he only went for nine and one. Um, yeah. you know I, I would think he would do a little bit better than that. But then the the bigs for Atlanta are are in play for me here. Collins and Capella were awesome, especially on the glass. They combined for 34 rebounds, um, both strong double-doubles, and they're way cheaper. So you can get one or both of those guys in your lineup and get some Milwaukee studs out there. Uh, That's another way to go. So um, right now I'm leaning towards trying to fade Trey Young on FanDuel because his price has gone up there as well. Right. And then... Uh, looking at one or both of the bigs, possibly a Herder, possibly a Gallo, and then with the bench guys for Atlanta, I just want to mention that Lou Williams got 12 minutes, didn't do too much. Solomon Hill got 20 minutes. They didn't play Cam Reddish, even though he was active. Yeah. And Solomon Hill was actually in the winning lineup on DraftKings.
1: That's amazing. He's,
0: he's still minimum price at a thousand, and you look at it: four points, three rebounds, two assists. Doesn't sound like much, but sometimes on a showdown. You know that can be enough for a minimum price guy. So, you know he he could come into play on DraftKings where he's still a thousand, not so much on Fanduel where he's seven thousand. But that's my general approach for Atlanta. How are you looking at it at this point?
1: Well, you know, there's lots of things into consideration here. This this is one of the most strategic games I think of the playoffs so thus far. That's why. You know, we're, we're probably going to go a little longer than we normally do on a one-gamer, but we really need to, to you know, sift through this because it, it is confusing as far as trying to figure out how to game script for this next game. There are a couple of things that come into play for me. One is Vegas has the line here, Milwaukee minus eight. So they, it went from a, a Miami minus, Miami, Milwaukee minus six and a half. Now it's Milwaukee minus eight. So, you know, that tells Vegas thinks bounce back, you know, obviously hold everybody down a little bit, including Trey. And it's a 225 and a half over under. So they do think, you know, the, the they're going to get up and down the floor, but Milwaukee's, you know, going to be much, uh, you know, much better than they were in game one. And then, you know, the factor of Bogdanovich, um, I'm, you know, we're both huge bogey fans, but I would not touch him with a 10 foot pole. I think he's, uh, really just being very heroic just to be out there. He looks terrible. He can't plan off that knee. And he's all about moving without the ball, sort of, you know, uh, in that mold of a guy just, you know, like the Reddicks and the great shooters that just move, curl off screens and get open and get those feet set and get balanced to shoot it. And he can't do it with that bum knee. So he's not even close to on my radar. I don't you know, know how much they'll roll him out there. Uh, Maybe, you know, he'll hit a couple threes, but I just don't see extended minutes or, you know, being able to get it done. The other aspect, you know, we talked about it before game one, both teams coming off a really tough game, seven game series, both teams tired, both teams needing to go deeper on their bench. So we did predict, and we, we talked about it, that these teams, even though they had gone six deep, basically, in their last couple of games in the last series, they both went 10 deep. And, you know, we knew that that was coming. It's a long series. you got to try to get a little rest for your guys. You can't play 43, 45, or full games uh, every game, or you're just not going to get through the playoffs. So you saw a reduction. You know, Herder played 36, Collins 36, Capella 37. You know, all those are reasonable. And then they used their bench a lot more. Now, the question is, you know, does that start to to lessen? And I think it will. I think now that they've had the four days rest between that last series with just that one game in between, I think you'll see a reduction in um, Solomon Hill specifically. I don't think he'll get 20 minutes again. I think he'll get more like 10. Um, You know, Gallo got 25, but I think he'll see that again because of Bogdanovich's injury. But after that, really, you know, the guys, the only guys I'm looking at here are Herter, Collins, Capella, Trey Young, and possibly Gallinari. I agree with you. The other guys will get a few minutes, Lou, Okongwu, not enough to play him in a, in a showdown. So it, it comes down to that fact of do you play Trey or not? I'm, I'm also leaning I, to, to sitting him because Coach Bud's a decent coach. This, this just seems very obvious, um, and I've got to think he his 34-shot attempts go down to 22 maybe, 23, which is still a lot, but you know, it's, it's a big difference. And I, I think you take that usage when they take the ball out of his hands, and I, I love all four of these guys. I'll only probably use two or maybe three of them, but Herter, Collins, Capella, and Gallinari – the pricing, how it works out with wanting to put the good Milwaukee guys in by not having to pay all the way up for Trey Young uh, makes it very doable for me. And I was super high on Capella the last game. I went in depth why, you know, I felt like he'd be a lot a bigger contributor in this series than he was in the prior. And, uh, you know, even talked about him having that 20 rebound potential and He had 19 rebounds with two minutes left and couldn't get the 20th. So I couldn't get all frosty about it. But, uh, you know, if he's going to get up, he was six for nine. I'd like to see him get 10, 11, 12 shots. A couple more lobs would be great. Uh, You know, and the the big rebound numbers, and he's going to get just a few stocks here and there. I think he's a great play. And John Collins, I mean, let's face it, man, he's he has taken it up a notch. He backed. I was interested to see how he'd play in that first game, you know, after getting all cocky wearing the, the shirt in the press conference of him dunking on bead and sort of being a little, you know, arrogant out there. But 11 for 16 from the field with 15 rebounds. And that's a guy, you know, that can get hot quick. So uh, I really like those guys. And Herter, you know, he, 5 for 12, but it's that's all right. I mean, he's... You know he's taken the world by storm here, pulling out that game seven for them. I think he adjusts back and does great. So I'm going to be heavy on Atlanta, uh, Andrew. I think all four of those guys are going to make quite a few of my rosters and still allow me to get a stud in on the Milwaukee side. Excellent. So I, li- I like the Hawks.
0: Yeah. One more point I'll make on Bogdanovich. You mentioned him coming off those screens. The other thing is PJ Tucker was defending him a lot and, that's no joke. You need to be at 100% to try to get around PJ Tucker. So, yeah, uh, another down, uh, a, a negative point for for Bogdanovich. Even though we do love him when he's when he's healthy, no uh, question. All right, coach, you want to take us through the Milwaukee side?
1: Yeah, and same thing with Milwaukee. As we stated, you know they went deeper and they played guys more minutes. Uh, I think that's going to squeeze down, especially since they're down 1-0. They know they can't go down 2-0. Uh, at home with the first two games. I mean, nobody blows that lead except the Mavericks uh, (laughs) when you lose two in a row uh, at home. So I think you're going to see, you know, that five minutes, 42 seconds of Jeff Teague's going to vanish. I think Forbes, 12 minutes, maybe eight or 10. Uh, Bobby Portis, and again, you know, we scratch our heads and just talk about this every time. He looks so great. We use the guy. He's five for eight. Big spark, intense. He got those crazy googly eyes going. He was, and he only got 14 minutes. I mean, I just don't get it why he's not the key guy off the bench for them. Instead, they consistently are giving those minutes to Conanton, and he played almost 29 minutes. Guess what? One for six, 0 oh for four from three. I know he brings a different element defensively and he can jump and everything, but. It's not like he's a great defender. So I don't understand that. I think I'm not giving up on Portis because I do think he could get that 20-minute run and cut into a little bit of uh, Conanton's time. So I'm not going with Pat Conanton. I know he's value. I know he got the big minutes. But he's not producing. I mean, he had a wide-open, dead-nuts three with nobody within five feet of him, and it was an air ball. So – you know, just not going to go there. So, you know, Portis off the bench really is my only option in this game. As far as the guys that are starting, I mean, it's, it's you know, easy to say. You got Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday. Uh, they all played 40, 41 minutes exactly. I think they may even see 43, 44 minutes because this being really a must win, in my opinion, for them. And, you know, the question is, who can you fit in in salary and how are you going to work that? And it does give us an opportunity to get two of these guys in there by sitting Trey Young. So uh, I'm going to have a couple of different builds. Again, in these showdown slates, you sort of have to in my uh, the way I look at it. And so you know, Giannis Middleton or 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 Giannis Holiday are probably the top two ways. Uh, I may even do a third with uh, Middleton and Holiday. So I want to mix those three studs up. And then, you know, you're going to need one more value spot if, you know, if you don't use Portis, which is a little, certainly more riskier, and you could do that more in a GPP. But, you know, Tucker or Lopez will make some of my lineups just because of the minutes. I mean, you know, uh, Lopez only played 20, but I think that that will go up a little bit. I mean, he's, it's, uh, he didn't have any files. He wasn't in file trouble he just wasn't, didn't seem to be in the flow of what was going on. So I'm a little concerned there, but I do think he'll pick that up because he is going to get some shots up. There's no doubt, and he'll get some blocks. Uh, PJ Tucker, you know, I, you know me, I, it's, I hold my nose, but 35 minutes, seven rebounds, you know, a couple of assists, and he's going to get a couple steals or, you know, deflections and such. So I think he's playable. So, uh, you know, I think there's a good mixture here that you can get enough talent from both sides that you don't have to dig deep on these benches. Um, Obviously, you know, the four guys everybody wants to roster immediately is Trey Young, Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday. If you play two of those four, you can get the rest of your lineup in with guys that you can feel comfortable are going to get 30-plus minutes. That's really the key. If you want to get... A little bit more experimental, and you play three of those four. Then you have to go to a Portis, or you know one of the guys you think uh, can come off the bench and make a difference. Um, but you know what I wouldn't recommend is just burning your lineups with heavy usage or ownership of forcing in a Forbes uh, or a Teague or you know any of these guys Lou Williams, Okongwu, you know Solomon Hill. I think those guys are all traps. I I just don't think you can trust them enough. I know Solomon was in that last winning lineup, but that again was a game one where they were both coming off game 7. So that's the way I look at it, sir. Yeah, with with Milwaukee, um
0: I agree. I I think you need two of the big 3 uh Holiday, Middleton, Giannis. Um, with the other group, um, you know, PJ Tucker and, and Lopez, I'll just hit those starters next. Um, I like PJ Tucker more cause he's way cheaper. Um, right. you know, Lopez at 11,000 on FanDuel, I'm not going to play him after he played 20 minutes. I think there's a chance he could play more yeah. if they, they say, you know what? Capella and Collins just got too many rebounds. We need help on the glass. So they could go for more minutes with Lopez, but... They should have lowered his price, though. Yeah, they should have. But Portis, like you said, he looked great when he was out there. And he's, you know, he got 15 minutes. He could get a few more minutes. They could have a similar approach where they let Lopez start, put up a couple threes, hold down the paint for a bit, and then they bring in Portis. But, you know, the thing is with Connaughton, with 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 him getting the 29 minutes, obviously for some of those minutes, they had Giannis at the five and they said, we're going to go with Holiday, Middleton, Giannis, and then Tucker and Connaughton. And they got
1: murdered on the boards. Right.
0: So that's the X factor in terms of the Milwaukee rotation in minutes. Do do they go similar where they let Giannis play the five for the same amount of time? Do they give Lopez a couple more minutes or Portis a couple more? I'm not sure. I think it could go in any direction. Um, But because of the pricing, I'm not going to risk it with Lopez at 11,000. I'd rather go Portis or or Tucker or Connaughton. You know, the thing about Connaughton is he is so streaky and so dependent on the three. He was 0 yeah. for 4 on threes. If he goes 2 for 4 on three-pointers, then he gives you value. If he shoots poorly again, then he won't. So, right. you know, if, if we knew that they were going to play the same minutes, I would probably lean towards Portis who again is cheaper than Connaughton on both sites. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's what we don't know. So, right. Uh, but I, I also agree with you that Forbes is uh, really on the fringes and Teague. He also could uh, disappear, like you said, and not even get the six minutes. So, um, you know, I think we have a lot of overlap here, but we're going to, Um, build these lineups here throughout the afternoon and finalize and so if you'd like to jump in with us then you can do that at dfscoachtalk.com we give out full lineups on FanDuel we'll have three lineups to play tonight we'll have a full Yahoo lineup we'll have a cash core on DraftKings
1: and a GPP core on DraftKings did I summarize that correctly coach you did, and and you know we are the fastest growing DFS provider in the industry, and it's for a reason. It's it's because, you know, we are utilizing uh, statistical analysis. Certainly, you know, information spit out by optimizers as far as numbers, because that is a part of what we look at, and then all of the key factors. You know, uh, ownership. Uh, you know, projections. Taking a look at all of those pieces, but then talking through and thinking through the game scripting like we do on these podcasts, because that goes underrated. I mean, so many people are busy. They just go to the stats-dependent stuff. And what what we're so unique about is that we use all of that. And, you know, we have our own internal uh, head of analytics doing all of, you know, that work for us. And we put that in with our game scripting and how we think things are going to pan out, because you know, there are specific things, you know, in watching that you can see that really aren't measurable. And we, we add that to what we're doing. So we'd love to have you join us. You know, Friday to me is the best day to join because tonight we're giving out all of our basketball lineups, all of our baseball lineups, including a late slate and all and our weekend golf lineups for the travelers, which uh, we've been killing the weekends even better than the full tournament. So you get a three-day pass for ten dollars. That's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you've listened to the show and you finally want to jump in, you could take advantage of our best offer of the year, which is two full months from the day you sign up for one eleven, and that's a big discount. And anytime you sign up for anything at Coach Talk, you get everything that we offer, all of our content, all of our uh, you know projections of of how people are going to do what you know, what our feeling is on ownership. And we're going to start transcending that all into our uh, uh, Discord as well. And then you're going to get full lineups, like we say. And as Andrew mentioned in, uh, on FanDuel and Yahoo and a great core build for cash and GPP on DraftKings. So uh, we've got everything you need. Definitely check us out. We'd love to have you. And if you're watching this right now on YouTube, one ask. Before I pass it back over to you, Andrew, if everybody could just take a second right now, hit the thumbs up, click the subscribe button. We are narrowing in on a very important goal for us for subs, and we'd love for you to make the difference. Um, One thing I wanted to also uh, mention is um, you can catch this seven days a week in front of the paywall, and we're going to give you everything we got, and you can do that. Uh, by checking this out on YouTube or any of our podcast uh, outlets. I mean, we're everywhere, everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcast, Podbean, iHeart, Stitcher. And also on there, if you, if you do listen to the podcast as opposed to watch it, uh, take a second, hit the five stars, put a little comment. Uh, we have in six days, we do our monthly drawing. It's randomized drawing for anybody that's put five stars and a comment. And they win a full free week of DFS Coach Talk. Uh, And again, everything at DFS Coach Talk is everything that we have, all our sports. When you're a member, you're in Discord, you got everything we've got. So that is it, my friend. Right on. And if you're going
0: to jump in today with us, just do us a favor. Try to get in before six o'clock Eastern. We'd really appreciate that. That way, we'll get you in and settled before the baseball and basketball lineups a little bit later on. So. DFScoachtalk.com is where you sign up. Any questions, you can find us on Twitter at DFScoachtalk. You can follow the coach at JOESARVADI and you can find me at Language Olympic. And uh, you can find coach right here tomorrow. He'll be running the Solo NBA podcast tomorrow, so I hope you'll join us for that one. But thank you for joining us today. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen, and we'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it and DFS.